0: Welcome to episode 18 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and I'm joined as usual by Kevin and Brian. We are three animators, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-around shit-talkers that each week take some of the endless stream of content delivered to us through Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney+, Hulu, YouTube, Spotify. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it and we watch it. This week we are talking about Loki, we talk about The Expanse, we talk about some of the gaming updates on the Steam Deck and some portable handheld like retro gaming stuff if you haven't watched loki maybe go off and give it a watch before coming back to the podcast it's a great episode but we're going to talk about everything in depth so these are very spoiler heavy conversations if you like what you hear please consider subscribing to the podcast and heading over to instagram or twitter and giving us a follow our handles are at the endless cast we put sketches up there we put drawings and audio clips and engage with our listenership as much as we can over there. So it's a great way to get involved. If you have anything you'd like to suggest we watch or any questions for us, our email address is theendlesscast at gmail.com. Before we get into the episode, I would once again like to thank Cree for joining us last week. She joined us on episode 17, Glorious Purpose, where we talked about the Black Widow film. If you want to go and listen to that episode, you can find us on any podcast app, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts you will find The Endless Stream. All that being said, let's get into the episode. It is a scorcher of a day. Of course, that means it's time to close the curtains, turn out the lights, sit inside and watch some television. I've been doing that all week, so no change. It's going to be great. The big thing we're going to chat about this week, I guess, is going to be Loki. I watched the new Rick and Morty as well. Is there anything
1: particular you guys want to talk about outside of those two topics? I think if you haven't, you should pause the podcast at this stage Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the TikToks, all that stuff. Because I don't think we say enough. Follow us. No, don't follow us individually or in real life. But support the podcast by following the page on Instagram.
2: So eloquently put. Thank you very
0: much, Kevin. You're welcome. Um, Always the advocate for our endeavors. Yes. Um, You are the heart of the podcast.
1: Yes. I've been told this by my close friends and family.
0: Hmm. And and at least one fan that says these other two idiots should shut up and just let Kevin talk.
1: Yeah, I saw my brother was in touch with you guys. My brother sent a message on the to, to, to the to the to the Instagram page. Oh,
0: um, yes, I I did see that. Did you not know that was my brother? I I I connected the dot a few minutes later. But in relation to the conversation around the various genitals a Marvel movie may or may not show on TV or in in a feature film, I got a shout out for my uh,
2: my penis joke. It was offensive. <laughs> I'm proud of offensive. It. I don't even remember. Episode 15. I, back, I bet we lost ten listen. followers for every one we gained for that joke.
1: I don't even remember it. Yeah. That's we-
0: I mean it's it's quality, not quantity, guys. If somebody can appreciate the the depth of my member based humor.
1: Well, shout out to Benny, because he listens and we love him.
0: Thank you, Benny. Thank you for appreciating what I do.
1: Aiden, just so people mm. might not know, it's currently topless right. playing with a knife. And
2: if you subscribe. Subscribe to the 5 You always theater, draw attention to it. on Patreon, you can, there's a video feed that only goes out to, you know, our top, top supporters. <laughs> it only goes out to me and Kev. But if Brian and bucks, Kevin. Get
3: to see Aiden <laughs> topless. Yeah.
2: Playing, playing.
3: You can pay
0: for that. their, you can pay for their trauma counseling after seeing me topless.
1: And I get, and the the highest tier Aiden just slightly angles the camera lower so you see the nipples. Free the nipple. You made me self conscious about it now. If, if yeah, yeah, well there you no, go. That's your own fault. Pay up.
0: Yeah. You can bloody see man. not draw blood. I'll switch to the pen. Um trailers this week. I watched the Pixar trailer. I think it's Pixar for Turning Red. Uh um, Becoming a Communist. It looks fun. It's a little communist. girl who it is. Communist. It's Disney Pixar. It's it's like a traditional Pixar kind of like promo thing. I don't know whether or not this scene will you remember when they did like the Incredibles and the the little promo for it was Mr. Incredible in his do- in his den trying to get into his suit now that he'd put on some weight and he barely gets the belt closed and it whips off and breaks a mirror or something, you know, and it's said Incredible's coming, 2020, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember. I'm glad you... Okay, no, I just... I finished my sentence and Brian's just like... I was like,
1: okay, fine. Brian, can, Brian can yawn. Yeah. Why do people always take it offensive mm. if you yawn? I never understand yeah. that.
2: I need to yawn. Just sort of
0: implies that my, my what I was saying just took all the oxygen out of the room. If um, I replied
1: if I replied to what you're saying with a like a very kind of like, uh huh, and nothing more. That's Yeah, that's, then you're not listening. Yes, I'm not listening. Then I'm bored. Um
0: So I don't know whether or not this scene will ever be in the movie, but it's, you know, the kids taking a maths test and the mother is helicopter mothering and it makes her anxious in front of the whole class and she turns into a giant red panda and then runs away home off to her bedroom. So it looks like it's kind of got like a like an Incredible Hulk kind of like pop between physical states but it's like if I had to guess it's you know looking at anxiousness and anxiety I don't know like you I'm trying to like foresee or predict what um message Pixar is trying to get across to us this time you know like is is this the mental health one is this the Uh
2: uh-huh what do you think I think I've seen that movie Uh twice already now
0: and what was those it was Inside Um, Out and Soul I haven't watched Soul. Did you watch Soul? I really liked it.
2: Yeah, it's very good. Soul is excellent. Tell me about Soul. It is kind of similar to Inside Out.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. And you know what? I think Soul is excellent, but I wouldn't necessarily like, like you know, this is maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if we said this before. But
0: like, let's just go like <laughs> rude for for the for the <laughs> for for the listener for Benny. What did um, think What
1: did think of Soul? And then I start saying it, and he just interrupts me.
0: I said, tell me about Soul, and let's start with it's a Disney Pixar movie. It's available he on was Disney telling Plus. telling you
2: in his own way. We know this stuff
1: already. <laughs> Benny's, Benny's <laughs> seen it, Aiden. <laughs> Benny, Benny's seen it, so <laughs> what?
0: Well, I'm sorry, Benny. Um, I just you, assume, you know, I like to make sure everyone knows what's going on in the no, conversation.
1: I, the only reason I've seen it is because I use Benny's Disney Plus.
0: <laughs> in Benny's house, it was Benny. It was Benny's account. There was no account
1: sharing going should on. Should we be paying yes. Benny? Everything's above board. <laughs> is that
2: what's going on?
1: Here? I probably should be paying Benny. I also use his shutter in the same house shutter
2: (laughs) s-h-u-t-t-e-r just just to be clear
1: no shutter oh sorry i see what you did there brian so it's a disney pixar joint directed Mm -hmm. by spike lee Um, it's it's not directed by spike lee um but uh no it's it's a guy accidentally dies before he gets his big shot, isn't it, or something? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, all I was going to say about it is, it's like, it's one of those, like, obviously, like, all these movies sell a lot of merchandise, and, like, Soul was one of those ones where it's just like, what's the merchandise of it, though? Like, I know they have, like, cutesy kind of characters, but there's not, they're, like, they're very simplistic and stuff. And it's not as if, like, they're kind of, like, a bug's life where the characters, they're all, like, different characters and real dynamic and stuff. I think this one is just a lot more mature or uh, more probably sophisticated than a lot of other uh Of these kind of animated movies not that that not that it's like that's a good or bad thing if you get me but it's just like i just don't see the like the appeal for young kids and the 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 kind of merchandise in terms of toys and stuff to be fair to pixar you know while there is a marketing uh this
0: is immediately thinking of the examples where this argument goes away i have always thought that the good thing about pixar movies is it does seem like they put the story of the 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 project First, And they put together a solid story. Whether or not you feel it's, you know, repetitive or, you know, you've seen it before. Like, they they look at drawing humour from the context of the story. And they make sure that the, the arc of all of this stuff is really solid. And then they kind of go, how can we get toys out of this? You know? And in some cases, that's... Um, Weird. Yikes. Kev is just showing a picture of some toys. Um... From the show. From the movie. Like, from the movie Soul, yeah. So, like, when I say that, I mean, you know, it it might be a little harder to get a toy out of Inside Out. You've got the four little emotional characters, you know, but at the same time they made cars. And that, the, the reason there's so many cars in the Cars property is when you think about it, one of the very first toys children are ever given is a little toy car. And if you can corner the market on where those cars should come from you're going to make a goddamn fortune in your you know your merchandising so there are there are toys of this character so he dies before his big break he's a musician
3: mm-hmm.
1: and so end of movie no he then it's him kind of getting trying to get back to his life and stuff uh, I, to be honest I, I watched it like at Christmas time so it's been I can't really remember all the details of it but saying that it it, it is it is very very good I remember loving it
0: I have seen Probably two other movies with a very similar. I mean, I like, think like Heaven Can Wait. Uh, what's the movie with Mick Dundee where he's an angel, almost an angel, or a Stairway to Heaven? Almost yeah, an angel, I think, is the Australian funny. name of it. And then it's. Um, there was a Disney movie on like the Disney Channel where like a hockey player. I think he might have been one of the, like. One of the Lawrence brothers, um, he like
2: he's a hockey player that dies those and films they say are kind of just about that part though soul right. is then about the actual afterlife and then how souls are actually assigned to like a vessel essentially on earth and that you're kind of a you sort of know your purpose or your calling
3: mm.
2: before going in yeah going in and yeah so it's more about the that's where it gets a bit inside out then is that it shows the kind of the not bureaucracy, but the kind of inner workings of, of the the cosmos basically. So it's less about him. I mean, he, he is trying to get back so he can have a shot, but it's, it's less about that. And it's more about what happens in this space where you get, um, you know, where, where your soul is essentially born and grown, um, so yeah, it's less like those other films where you know somebody dies and is is kind of ghosting around the place on earth. It's it's much less focused on that aspect of
0: it. Have you favourite? Um, and Kev, can you just like make sure you're close to the mic again? Last week was kind of perfect. Oh yeah, um, I'm defi- I did like, it right. Cool, awesome. Some kind of silly, um, yes, I just realised I didn't. I didn't. Mm, let, let Kevin talk. Let Kevin talk. He's gold dust. <laughs> <laughs> Have you any other? I, see, I I see. This isn't a, a question where there's like an obvious answer Like the way I want to phrase it is And what's your favourite film about the afterlife But like uh, to be a bit more open Like is there another film you enjoy That's sort of like spiritual afterlifey? Like oh. I think of like What Dreams May Come I remember being wait, Robert, kind wait, Robin of Williams. fascinated By that Like I know it got panned and all But like it came out when I was young And it was just like There was a world made of oil paint And Cuba Gooden Jr. I mean who doesn't want a world full of oil, paint, and Cuba? I I,
1: I just watched that last year. How did you find it? Just on Netflix. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> 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 I loved it. I did. I love it. Did I love it? It's no. You know what? It's actually very good. It is. It's. It's. It's, it's not bad. You know. It's. It's. It's, a, it's kind of a funny one for him, I guess. And I think that's probably why it received kind of the criticism at the time. Because it's kind of a departure from his usual really character-driven stuff to a degree. I liked it. You know, it is an interesting concept and it's kind of sad, but it's cool.
0: I think it was expensive as well in terms of visual effects. So when it didn't make a lot of money back, it kind of got dubbed a flop, you know?
1: Mm. I don't know what films I like about, like, the afterlife. Or Uh, even Supernatural. I like Jacob's Ladder. Okay, I haven't seen that, so tell me about that. That's the one with Tony Robbins or Tim Robbins. I always get confused. Tim Robbins. That's what I said.
2: That is what you said. I haven't seen it in a while,
0: but... Any Tim Robbins movie, replace it with Tony
2: Robbins. I don't want to say too much That's about it, it because no. you kind of spoil stuff, but it's about a guy that is... He keeps sort of having these demonic visions and kind of like being transported to this hell, essentially. He's having these hallucinations um, and he's like kind of... He's, he's experienced a trauma, essentially, and he's yeah. having these he's, these yeah. demonic hallucinations, essentially. Um, but I don't really want to say more than that. It's not a straight horror, but
1: it's a bit horror, kind of psychological. Yeah. horror. I, re- yeah. I remember but, uh, seeing a brief. Quite like it. I remember seeing brief clips of it. I think at one stage with my brother. I was like, oh, we, we, I don't know where we were, but um, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to say too much because I, I think I have seen a good bit of it. But it is the one where it's uh, he. It's it, it's essentially him dealing with PTSD from. Something I know what he's dealing with PTSD from, but I can't. I don't know if that's a twist. You just anything. want to be vague, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure because I think it's one of those movies. Well, that's quite it's re-book. also,
0: I have a feeling that this is a 30 year old movie as well. And we preface this whole conversation with spoiler
1: alert, but um, I don't want to spoil stuff on ourselves, so that'd be ludicrous.
2: I mean, okay. I can say what it's about, but I'd be giving away the indie if I say too much. Nah, okay.
1: nah, okay. we watch okay. it because yeah, didn't yeah. they make a remake of it recently or something? Not sure, or they're going to make it, it going to make a remake it, of it. It
2: inspired Silent Hill. And oh, okay. a lot of the imagery in it is very silent hill. So, well, that, that kind of half
0: answers the question I was going to ask. When you say sort of like not a horror, but kind of got scary yeah. overtony type he, of thing, he is like Angel Heart or Devil's Advocate. Like yeah, those two things kind of fit into the same. Yeah. Well, th- those are two things that I picture when you say that.
2: Am I correct? Yes, uh, it's kind of in the right vein. I, th- I think it is a. I think he's a Vietnam vet. And it's kind of about the the PTSD. Yes, that's about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But a lot of the imagery, then it's very Silent Hill kind of imagery. So,
0: just like I know, I'm bouncing way off of of topics here. Oh wait, here I'm going to say next. Go on. I was thinking a little bit this morning because I was watching a trailer for a western remake from. It looks like a remake of Rio Bravo. It's called Assault on Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo, John Wayne movie which I think they based Assault on Precinct 13 from. But, you know, they the the gang leader in the Old West was like a former Civil War officer leading a bunch of soldiers around the place. And maybe it's just media, but how many in the last 150 years, represented in film anyway, gangs and criminal organizations or criminal enterprises or criminal sort of groups or what gangs Entities. is the word really have been made up of people that like were military trained probably suffering from some sort of PTSD came back to civilian life and just cuz we've seen you know like the the
1: motorcycle gangs of the fucking 50s were post world war 2 i think i think that's more of a commentary on the fact that like uh, vets are aren't looked after in society after war and that they are kind yeah. of forced to use the skills which kind of it's like a cash 22 thing it's like they have these skills that they're trained to to defend x country after yeah. war they're irrelevant and people don't actually look after them or give them opportunities or help them support them all that kind of stuff so they're forced to use these skills which they were trained by the governments or whatever the armies and then like yeah use them for ill gotten gains
0: Wrath of Man, which we talked about just the other week, was literally that former military group turning their hand to bank robbery. Um, the original Ocean's Eleven with Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. Like the whole angle there was, you know, we could get away with this casino heist because nobody's looking at us. We're soldiers. We're, but we're well trained. We work as a team. We know how to follow orders. We know how to follow a plan. We can do this. You sure. How many superheroes have our ex-military? You know, it's a weird. I mean, I guess if you really want to get. I think it's just an easy way to have this guys super skilled. You know, anybody who's been trained to do anything, yeah. turns it to their own intents eventually.
1: Taking a Fe- pelham one two three was that not based? Was, that, was assault of priest in thirteen not a, based on take, the, taking a pelham one two three or whatever it's called, or is it the other way around?
2: They're very different. So take plots aren't they? They're yeah.
1: very different. Yeah. Oh,
0: take taking a... of pelham is a hostage scenario on a, train. On, a on a subway train. Uh, oh. Assault on Precinct 13 yeah, is the, the a police isolated police station under siege, yeah. oh. under siege from the gang whose leader they're holding, um, and really. that is based on Assault Rio, Bravo. Rio Bravo, and there's two of those movies that are basically the same thing. Is both there? of them have John Wayne, both of them have the same stumpy sidekick, but they, Rio Bravo and Rio, damn it, I can't think of it, um, like one of them has, one of them has James Cannon and I think and one of them has Dean Martin but they're the same fucking film. Um but yeah yeah they turned it into Assault on Precinct 13 and then that got remade into The Assault on Precinct 13 with Lawrence Fishburne and I want to say John Leguizamo's in that thing. But I want to say that about most movies.
1: Mm, interesting. Um, so
0: pixar's turning red coming 2022 about a little girl who deals with her anxiety by turning into a giant red panda looks cute looks fun nothing to do with jacob's ladder
2: we assume
1: it might
0: i just know that you're going to be able to sell lots of those things as plushies
1: yeah i love red pandas they're awesome oh it's not actually a red panda it's a red panda yeah red panda a red panda yeah I was thinking of a red panda. No, not a, a, red not a panda. giant
0: panda that's red, a red panda that's giant.
1: Okay. Yeah, we should have probably said that to start. We'll just, we'll just start the podcast again. I think we did, though. So, you know,
0: it's just... I said a giant red panda. Yeah. Not a giant panda that's
1: red. That's yeah, on you, Kev. You're... I mean, keep, I mean up. I keep up. I represent our listeners. Yeah. If you were a bear, what
2: type of bear would you be? If you if you were the type of bear that was, a, 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 I think if, a lot of if, people think I'm a bear already. If you were a, a bear that was, a, if if you if you were a type that was, a, 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 if if a bear was a person, a... <laughs> if you dreamed the dream,
1: <laughs> you okay, bro. You're struggling there. If a bear was a person. What kind of bear would I be?
0: I think he was enjoying <laughs> okay. the loop of the brain fart. He was. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, crazy. he, he was just...
1: Uh, a grizzly bear. A black bear.
0: He'd be a grizzly. Pandas aren't really even bears, so... They're kind of giant raccoons or mm-hmm. something, aren't they?
2: Every time I see one, I'm fully convinced it's just a person in a costume. You can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They look fake.
0: They're so... Like you see the footage of them like fo like maybe they're genuinely hurt, but you- there's a lot of videos of like compilations of these assholes falling off of things and rolling around the place. They they're bouncy. Like yeah. they got that thing in Kung Fu Panda three from somewhere, the bouncing pandas thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember those movies.
0: First one's great. Other two people like them. I don't know why. The
2: first one is basically Kung Fu Hustle, so of course I like it. God I love Kung Fu Hustle. Mm. Didn't like Kung Fu Hustle. You didn't like Kung Fu Hustle, in? I saw, I
0: saw it and was just sort of like, I don't, I don't so get it, it. Oh wow, yeah, it's brilliant. I didn't find it funny and I didn't <gasps> find Kung Fu great.
2: You're wrong
1: Whoa. on both counts. <laughs> I know, I know. Whoa, give it a rewatch, pal. The choreography Maybe you're is actually great. Might
0: yeah. need it. I think I was in like a martial art realist phase at that point, watching movies like Ong Back and stuff.
1: Even Ooh. that's pretty. What fucking. you need to do, Aiden, is draw the curtains. I was going to say, pour yourself a glass of whiskey, but knowing you, you'll just just have the bottle, get your favorite little knife, sit there shirtless and watch it. You're going to love it. Put yourself in a good place. Make yourself as comfortable as possible. That's your self-care prescription for the day. Yeah. Empty room, no lights, a knife and a bottle and whatever streaming service you can watch it on. Sounds like a good time, guys. Um, Speaking of good times... I was really hoping I would segue into something naturally, but it didn't.
0: The other trailer was a little, like, I guess, teaser scene from French Dispatch with uh, Timothy Chalamet and Frank S. McDormand. Fun little scene, I guess. Very, very Wes Anderson uh, There's no way to mispronounce Wes Anderson I guess I could go Wes. Um, Wes. 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 Anderson. Wes. Wes. Um,
2: Wee Sanderson. Wee Sanderson.
0: <laughs> I liked the trailer for this movie like he's really sort of leaning into this sort of like European 4-3 ratio like uh, I had since the Grand Budapest Hotel this thing was probably supposed to be out last year if I remember and pandemia happened
1: the panda bear happened um, I think I think my girlfriend's father watched the Grand Budapest Hotel uh, with no audio thinking it was a silent movie huh. how did that work for him I don't know
0: I mean, I guess there are title cards and stuff. I did see a video of somebody's father watching the Euros, and it turns out it was like a fucking FIFA video. Oh
2: Jesus! The video game.
0: Yeah. Sorry, apologies. Um, I forget that FIFA is anything other than a video game because I don't care for football.
1: Is FIFA? Oh yeah, sorry. FIFA is something else. It's not a. Video. It's
0: the organization, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. But the, the the video game is based on the organization. So this is an nerd podcast, really right. so
1: why would we know? We're talking about football. Yeah. I'm bringing in a different audience. Oh, yeah, actually, that should be the title of this thing. We're talking about football. Widen the demographic. French
0: Dispatch looks fun.
1: I think there's a couple of Wes Anderson movies I haven't seen.
0: The one with the brothers on a train.
1: I was going to say, on the subject of toys, actually, right? And soul. And, like, basically, that's the toy of a man in a suit, right? Sure. Not great. Not a great action figure.
2: All toys are of men in suits when you think about it. That's all Iron Man is
1: well no an actual suit though when i was growing up we had for some reason not one but maybe two fi- toys action figures of evil eye benedict from the dax action hero which is just an old man in a suit it's basically a ginger is charles sandwich. dance the man from game of thrones yeah. yeah you had two action figures of charles dance from game of, uh from evil eye, last evil evil eye benedict from last action hero yeah i don't know why it was the worst toy ever like, I saw the, I saw a Loki toy of, it's just Loki in a kind of very basic shirt and tie and stuff. And it's like, what a strange action figure. Me and my friend were talking about it. Hello, Ben. But me and my friend were talking about it. And it's like, um, what a strange action figure. But, like, I had, I don't know why we had more than one Evil Eye Benedict toy.
0: It's funny the toys, like, I mean, I, I, I guess I can, to a degree, understand why the, like, that movie didn't, that movie didn't do great anyway and the action figure sales like the reason you had more than one is your mother wanted to buy you some action figures and those two were on sale you know what I mean so oh, just, you it was each in the get one you know? yeah I'm sure like one um, of us um, wanted one but to I'm just thinking about like about I would go into Smith's or yeah it was Smith's and you'd see like the Disney Infinity toys mm-hmm. like the Marvel ones that went with the game and 50 fucking Iron Fists sitting there for a euro pop and I'm like this fucking looks this is a great looking little figure but nobody knows who Iron Fist is mm. and Nobody nobody likes
2: him. Shang-Chi really feels like, um, you know, an effort to just wipe Iron Fist under the rug. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. Yeah, me too.
1: Oh, I watched Black Widow again, actually. Uh, I watched Black Widow again. Much, much, well, not even much better. It's like, I just really enjoyed it again. Second time round, excellent movie. I loved it. Uh, I kind of, in one way, you kind of, because like you know, you're what I obviously we knew the whole story, but like watching the opening sequence, which I said I wasn't initially mad on, more empathy almost, especially for Florence Pugh's character. Is like you really see how tough she had it kind of thing, like her whole life, like, how how kind of it went, and like she obviously represents loads of uh, f- victims of the Red Room. You know, loads of the other women who were like who were kind of destroyed by the Red Room and stuff, but um red guardian has well, even just as a like a, a an umbrella character
0: represents sort of human trafficking and yes all, you know?
1: yeah 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 100 like, that's what i was gonna say like it's it's kind of more tragic well not more tragic but like because obviously i watched it i knew what was going on and stuff i was able to kind of like you know like kind of watch it in a different way of like less <laughs> less intense or whatever you know like less suspense or something like you're kind of just taking stuff in but um yeah it's just it's just very sad and you kind of feel sorry for all of them to a degree because um there's even a thing, there's even a scene where the rare guardian, you see his upper arm and he has Natasha and uh, Menina's names tattooed on him. Yelena. Yelena, El- yeah, sorry. Yeah, he has their names tattooed on them, you know. He has a tattoo for Rachel Vice and all that kind of stuff. It's like, kind of, you know, although it was three years, it's probably the happiest three years of his life. And that's why he's such a wreck now, because it's just, he, it's all gone and he's in prison. And he was meant to be so much more, you know. He didn't know what he had. Yeah. I mean, I guess as
0: we're, we're back here already. um, did did he fight Steve in the eighties? Uh,
1: he could have because Captain America went back in time that time. Yeah, and who's to know? Why? We, I mean, he doesn't. Does he say Steve Rogers or does he just say Captain America? He says Captain America because yeah. there could have been different variations. God already knows.
0: I mean, I guess as we're already on the Marvel topic, let's go straight to it. We're a half hour in. Loki, season one, episode six. Um, he who remains. How did the episode open? Is it them walking into the house? Or do we yep. start in the TVA?
2: Well, it starts with the the audio cues from all the other lines. Oh, yeah. And then as it pulls back through the logo, it pulls back through the universe, multiple
1: universes. That's, that's um, not going to be a... a, a, a that was literally just for this episode, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is... Was that some indication that we were leaving the universe that we know and moving to a separate universe?
2: I think it's kind of acknowledging that there's our universe and their universe and multiple other universes because it cuts from audio clips from the films to clips from people in our, in our world who haven't been kind of expressly mentioned in, in the MCU. So it's kind of a, it pulls through one reality through another reality through into the Citadel. And that's where it starts.
3: Hmm.
1: Um well, I guess I guess I'd like to ask so overall, what did you think of this whole season? Like as in like thumbs up, Brian, or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Definitely. Thumbs up. eight out of ten? Uh one thumb. One thumb out of ten thumbs. That's a, fucking, that's a low score. Brian, you watched? I watched most of
2: this season last night actually or couldn't see you? Oh, so right. yeah yeah episode three is just so weak um but so easily fixed I think it's just odd that
0: if you're rolling straight into episode four does it work better like just as like a part in the middle of a large no, like, yeah
2: mm. there's just so many things in it that coming after the episode or comes after don't make sense and then just like I said the the inconsistency with like their powers and then the fact that just so much of the apocalyptic imagery is just rocks whizzing by. Like, really, really, like, it's. I've been in rain showers that were more apocalyptic than that. Like, the whole. Like, I love that scene beforehand when they're in 2050 and it's this level 10 apocalypse, whatever they call it. And it's basically a bitter rain and lightning and stuff. And the way the music kind of comes in with the imagery is just really powerful and that's just like one city or something and then the next episode they're on an entire planet that is like about to be crushed by another planet and And they have sylvie go out
0: of her way to tell us that it is like this is one of the worst apocalypses
2: that ever happened nobody gets out alive then they're strolling around like it's just it it just makes no sense for it to and like i said so often i think there's like one rock one piece of space debris like comes crashing through the roof and then there's there's other times when it's just it's hitting the ground and it doesn't even make a crater or anything it's just it just there's no tension there's no urgency it's just like i said it's one of my favorite moments is that scene where the the sign you know the sunny sign of welcome to i can't mm. remember where it is and it just gets demolished and it's so much more apocalyptic than the next episode which is set on like like I said, an entire planet that's about to meet its end. And it just, it takes it takes its time to get to the, the kind of important character beats and story points it wants to get to. And it's the shortest episode in the run. And it's not terrible, but it just, it's so weak compared to what comes before and after. Like it.
0: broadly, it's safe to say, and for the most part, like we like the things we talk about, but we then pick over them with a fine tooth comb going, what could we make yep. better? It's a weird. Um... I, I love
2: the season. I I love. I really really love the show. But uh, it's just watching that episode week to week. It was kind of like, yeah, that was kind of weak. And then watching them all together last night, I was just like, God, it. They just. It's. There's so many. It's not like I said. It's not bad. It's just there's so many choices in it that are just very confusing. Given that, the same person directed everything in it. I kind of wonder, wonder where it took the wrong turn. So here's
0: a question then that like, I feel like I already know the answer, but it's just kind of unsatisfying to me, is that by the time they get, by the time Owen Wilson says, and again, I'm going to go, I loved this show. I had a great goddamn time. Good job, everybody. Now we're just picking it apart like a bunch of vultures. By the time we meet Loki with the TVA and Mobius is trying to help him, uh, uh, recruit him to help him take down this variant that they've had, cannot possibly catch her she's killed multiple teams of minute men she's stealing time reset bombs she has a big plan and a big agenda and by the end of episode two she succeeds and sets those things off yep yep and the repercussions of that plan and scheme are not, it, was, it was just all a distraction to it was the all a distraction yeah. a bit
2: yeah which like i don't like even you, mind that i don't even mind that that much i mean at the end of Episode two, like I said, you've got that great piece of apocalyptic imagery, mm. which really sets the, the tone for what's about to happen. And then we see her like bomb the timeline. And we as an audience think that's going to be a bigger deal than it is. And yeah. I don't even mind that it was just a distraction, but it's the fact that we, you know, it ends on it and it's a huge moment. And then the next episode doesn't cut back to them dealing with it. I, I don't even mind that they resolved it kind of quickly. It's mm. just the fact that we we see them in the TVA briefly, and then the entire rest of the episode is on Lamentis, and yep. yeah,
0: yeah. It just her her big her big lifetime developed world-ending take down the TVA plan gets.
2: And that's the other thing. Then when when they're on the opening? when they're on Lamentis, they need to recharge the tempad, mm. so they say, "Oh, we'll uh, we'll get the energy from the ship." Uh, But they miss the train and then they say, oh, you know, uh, we don't even need to charge it. Let's actually just fly the thing off. So, like, they've got two plans for escape, essentially, and neither of them play out by the end of the episode. And we know they're going to get off anyway because there's three episodes left. So, like, there is no, there's no dramatic urgency in them surviving because we know they're going to. And the two plans they have for escape both fail, but not in a not in a kind of a tense or suspenseful way in, in more of a, well, that was a wasted 30 minutes kind of way.
0: Yeah. It's it's a sort of like the the things that are at stake are so much larger than what's going on in Lamentis yep. that it's kind of hard to give a shit about the there and back again narrative of mm-hmm. trying to get to a spaceport.
2: Especially that there was so much wasted imagery as well kind of from that trailer. Like Lamentis looks... I really like the color palette, I like the imagery, and then it kind of amounts to not a whole lot in the episode. It would almost be better to split episode three between the end of episode two and the start of episode four, you know? Yeah. But.
0: Yeah, if they had, if they, if the end of episode, say that you can do whatever you want in streaming, it was a 40 minute episode, say they make it an hour long or even a 50 minute episode. Loki follows her through the portal. We have the fight in the TVA and it ends up dumping them on Lamentus, where they have to run to the, out of the rock shower and into the cabin and then they start to talk. End of episode. Yeah. We open with them there and they can't get off the place in the first 10-15 minutes. Mobius finds them and we move on. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, did I need to know about the old woman in the shed's relationship with her husband?
2: Not really i think it says some. it says something about the character or the characters sure. But but yeah it a whole episode there like you said i think ending episode yeah, just splitting it essentially between what comes before and after rather than having it all because the episode itself is only about 30 minutes long as well mm. when you take but, away the 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 recap at the start and the seven minutes of credits um it's 30 minute episode and it's like yeah it um, just doesn't work as well. But episode six was great. When I watch something on
0: Netflix, the episode ends and it jumps itself to the next episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is an equivalent huge amount of fucking credits and regional notes that have to happen at the end of that thing. Well, I never see them, you know? I think that's there. But somehow on Disney+, Plus, I'm seeing
1: these things and it makes that's it feel like... Week to week.
0: Is that just it? And also, yeah. we're it's we're
1: just, we're looking for the after credit scenes, right? Yeah, it,
0: it's it's got a weird psychological effect where I feel like a third of my episode is given over to credits, you know. Or it, it, is, kind of it is, yeah, is,
2: yeah. To be fair, yeah. A, but like, especially, especially don't with show Wanda- me a forty-five minute timeline. Especially with Wandavision, like, had much shorter episodes, mm. and it was still a forty significant minutes. Significant bit of it was was credits, and yeah.
1: Well, I, I know myself kind of like having watched the last two Loki episodes kind of before work or whatever. Uh, I kind of be like, okay, I have this amount of time, but like 10 minutes of that is probably like credits and intro stuff. So it's like, okay, I can, I can fit it in. You know that kind of way? It's just like, but it's just like, I wouldn't yeah. normally do that with a show. I was just be like, okay, I'm just going to put it on and whatever. Hmm. So
0: episode six, the door of the elevator opens. And of course, Kevin was right. It was Loki who was blue. Because Blue Frost Giants are the same as Kang. Kang is Loki. Loki is Kang. Um, and we find out that... Wrong show. Oh, wrong sorry. Show. Okay. No, no,
1: that's wrong. That was a better yeah. show. That was a better show. I was right, though. It was Kang. I was surprised. We had
0: talked ourselves into the idea that it's definitely a Loki running the show.
1: I, d- I didn't think and so. I always I- knew it was Kang. Don't listen to back the tape. other episodes because it might have said Play it it back. Different. Don't
3: do it.
0: All I have to do is pull up a yesterday's six o'clock clip where he goes, It's clearly Loki. Loki's blue, Kang is blue, Loki's the person. I only that said wins that because
1: ye thought it was Loki, and I didn't want to sound stupid, but obviously I thought it was. I knew it was gonna be Kang. But that's not Kang the Conqueror necessarily. He didn't know that. Brian I did. So shut up.
0: I think we had dismissed the concept of Kang, or at least I had dismissed the concept of Kang. Because it felt like a weird way to introduce the big bad, especially how given how Thanos was so slow-rolled into the thing. But that was at the same time Kang and not Kang and presented so much possibility for what that character is and how devastating he could be. While being the friendliest version of this character, I I didn't expect to see him. I didn't expect to see
2: him like that. I expected a blue get-up. I thought his costume looked great. I loved his pose when the the elevator opens Mm. and he's just sitting there and I I don't know how intentional it was to sow that kind of bit of doubt in our minds where like is it Loki why are they dropping so many Kang Kang easter eggs if it's just going to be Loki I mean they've got Ravona in there so I mean it's got to be Kang but then why would it be Kang it shows Loki is it going to be Loki did they do all that intentionally I don't know but uh I watched the episode at like 10 to 8 on Wednesday morning uh, I was kind of half asleep and I uh, just You know, I just kind of remember sitting there, the doors opening going, who's it going to be? Like, are we going to see him? What is it? And he's just, he's just kind of so loose sitting there. And the way he just kind of snaps to attention, it was just brilliant introduction. I know that Uh, guy's
1: played so well. I know that guy's technically dead. Like that variant is dead or whatever. Um, So the Kang that we see in Ant-Man 2023 could be a very different Kang. Or in the season two. But that that's that's
0: the amazing but, thing about it. He got to play this sort of as you say, louche this relaxed, this flippant, this kind of almost trickster deity type as well. And yeah. the Kang that we see the next time could be the most scary. stoic, yeah. militaristic, scary motherfucker. You know, I am not he who remains, I am he, the Kang. He gave like, me
2: um kind of very um Troy Barnes. Darius from Atlanta Energy. He was like a yeah. cross between Donald Glover, Lakeith like Stanfield kind of, mm. not so much them, but characters they play type yeah. of energy. He was just very childish, but then very uh, aloof and... Yeah. menace. They know something philosophical. that makes them... Yeah. Like uh, they they
0: don't. Don't. Ominous, ominous. So
1: that's the word. I'm not concerned because I know more than you. It'll be fine. But I was, mm. was going to say though, it's uh, like, I, obviously he's not because that one's dead, but if the big bad... Like, kind of, instead of Thanos was Kang, like, or, you know, like the next big bad was Kang and he was kind of like that. That would be such an interesting approach to uh, the the next big villain. That'd be such a difference to Thanos, you know. You'd be worried that if Kang is in it, that he'd be too similar to to Thanos in a degree, to do it a, to a degree. But if that was their yeah. approach, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I think it's a really smart move yep.
2: for the direction to go with, like, the next. I, I, I hope he's around for for a while, I hope. I hope it does lead to a kind of an Avengers level. I know they've said that they won't that the next kind of Avengers thing won't be an Infinity Saga type thing. It won't be constructed in the same way. But I hope I hope he gets uh, some big moments. We can
0: see a half dozen versions of Kang at this point. We can we can see Kang and Ant Man, Kang and Kang and Moon Knight, Kang and Shang Chi. We can see different versions of him. Mm. Leading to the Council of Kangs, which I fucking found out is a thing this week.
1: You know, like who's to say that the you know, is it? I want to. I can't pronounce the name. I want to say it's not Ravita, but um, Ravona. Yes,
0: um, yeah. Ravona Renslayer. Who, who's to, Sometimes the alliteration
1: went too far, guys. Who's to say she's not Kang? Me, Brian says it. Okay, I said she's not i was just saying it. Variants could uh, be anything.
2: No, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. She could be absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, but you know, I might not even know it. But Kang was probably just like you know, kind of soft on her or something like that, or you know, wanted to, maybe he at the start he was trying to protect himself, his different variants.
0: But it, like it opens as well, and I don't know where it would happen. Armor wars, I know, is a thing coming up, but like, Iron Kang becomes an Iron Man type. He becomes Iron Lad. You know, he fills that role in the Young Avengers. Yeah. Like Nathaniel Richards, the the younger version of Kang before he grows into his role. Also, what I had forgotten, if I ever knew it, was that that blue face that we're used to seeing in the comic books is a helmet. He takes it off and there's a person underneath it. I was expecting to see the blue face when the door opened. I was like, Jonathan Majors is going to have a blue, you know, head. And then I completely forgot that it's a helmet. So let's just see him you know
1: i think it'd be kind of cool if like they do like more of it, like if they if he ever does have the helmet that it's, like a blue light that frames his face or kind of like a, a visor type thing like a, i think that's mm.
2: that's what it is I, I like that we get a glimpse of his costume when he has the little magnetic um, hologram display thing yes yeah mm. and we see a version of what's very clearly that
1: that costume and do you it think looks you like have it's the just crazy thigh high boots yeah. Marvel are definitely going more nice. comic accurate in their depictions of stuff. Um, They've always been pretty accurate.
0: I think they've always been pretty yeah. accurate, yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah I mean, the, the, the thing yeah. is, Cap and Iron yeah, Man, right, for sure. I
1: must be drunk all the
0: time. Um, Hawkeye, not so much, but Hawkeye was The Ultimate's Brian Hitch version accurate, you know? Like, if you think through the Marvel movies, who wasn't? Hulk looks right. Thor... I mean, the first Thor movie, he's bang on Thor. Like, he's Kirby Thor. Loki's got the helmets. Who are we saying isn't? The X Men. We know why that happened. And that's a different. Comp- like, that's. I think we've talked briefly about this before that, like, in. Blade happened, and then X Men happened, right? And the black-suited X-Men was about trying to prove that these characters would look all right on film. You know, you can have an action movie with comic book characters and they don't have to be basically cowards. But that then fed into comic books and everybody drew realistic versions of things for a while without, I say, realistic, quasi-paramilitary, leather jumpsuity kind of things. Which led to Brian Hitch's take on the Ultimates merging those two concepts together. And then that feeding into the Avengers we see, and they've gradually pushed more and more comics accurate. Like, I I love even that, like, Endgame Iron Man really has some, like, 70s Iron Man, like, gold discs on the hips kind of looks to him. You know, you get him at certain angles, and you're like, oh my God, he looks like it's smoother, it's more technologically advanced, but it looks like the comic book version from way back. The He Who Remains stuff is really interesting, and I'm going to have to go watch it again because, like, there were a few shots there were a number of times that it panned into his desk and came back out of his desk and I'm like I'm not sure how much of it was one take how much of it was cuts um, how much you were hiding cuts in a single take doing these camera moves or moving behind people the idea that he's not remotely afraid of them because he knows everything that's going to happen up to a point and then he's not kind of afraid after that point because he knows the result of anything that they do He's he only, also been
2: alive forever. He's got a great line where you know Loki kind of asks him like, "Why is he doing this?" And he's just kind of he sits back and he goes, "Buddy, I'm a lot older than I look." And it's just this
1: yeah, really nice little it. Yeah, isn't he meant to be? Uh, what was that? What was that? Kang's name on the, in this episode. He, who, he remains. who remains.
2: Oh, that's what they call him. Okay, but people are saying I, he's kind of similar to Immortus. From the comics. Mm.
0: Yeah, there is a character in the comics called He Who Remains, so it does seem like they've
2: merged the two things together. So, Ravona was given a load of files from Kang, presumably. And we don't know why exactly. And earlier in this season, notices the pen from the high school, and he think it's, he thinks it's from another agent in the field. But we know Ravona was an agent herself, and now we found out that she's in the school. Right? So, why does Ravona keep a pen from a variant? And was she protecting the variant somehow, or like? Because if I had
0: to guess and put some degree of rationality well fucking, like we see they kind of make a point of the fact that she puts her trophies very much up on the trophy case mm-hmm. you know where's this gonna go I have a place for everything and everything in its place but that pen is in her hand and she uses it and that's her sort of thing and Mobius has the war, the jet ski magazine I think there is just hold over association with something
1: remnants the of their selves. you
0: know
2: Second question is like I still like the smell of bacon. Do variants always occur at the same point in history? Because Ravon in the comics is from like she's a princess from like the forty second century. And then we see a variant of her in a high school in twenty eighteen. Mm. But which is she, the high
0: school that Peter Parker goes to. I don't think it is. Well, it's got the same mascot for the football team on the walls. I don't think it's the same school.
3: Could be wrong.
0: But somebody pointed out the... Okay. Yeah.
2: But we see her in 2018, which is when the snap happened. And, but in the comics, she's from like the 42nd century and she's Kang's lover. And then he who remains sends her a bunch of files with information. Nice so
1: wow okay so she is important to can
2: can she occur at different points in time is there a version of her from the 42nd century that he knows but died and, and he's trying to save them did all. he not that he's trying to save them all but yeah, but brian you're is, right he's trying to save them is all. one is one of her variants like did he find another version of her from the future and place her in the past or can a variant occur I mean, if if it's an infinite universe, your variant doesn't always have to occur with, occur at the same point in space and time. There could be a like ver-
0: Gary you- Oldman's Dracula looking for Winona Ryder.
3: Hmm.
2: Yes. So anyway, kind of like I assume if if it's infinite, then a version of you can exist in prehistoric times, but can also exist in the future. Right. Yes. That possibility is there.
0: So. Did he... The role of the cosmic dice that results in you can happen at any point in history.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So... Did he give her that information because he knew a version of her or did he know her? Or... And... Uh, but, she didn't but th-
0: seem to know him. You know, she wasn't aware of who was in control. But know, that's she, part she, of what she, confuses me about this character.
2: And that's what I'm saying as well, then. Like, if, if her... If her kind of, like you said, the the token from uh, something that they remember, like if Owen Wilson remembers jet skis, it's probably because a version of him had a jet ski. Mm. But if she remembers the pen from the high school, but then that version of her is already still in the high school. Do you get me?
3: Mm -hmm. If that
2: that pen is a keepsake from from a previous life that she had a memory wiped of, then why is there a version of her still in the school at all?
0: So this is where this stuff gets so fucking confusing. Like for me, my the argument would be that like, of course, there's a version of her still in the school. There's the version of her in the school that got reset. Mm-hmm. She got taken away because she's the version that had coffee one day instead of tea, and they just reset her. And the school version just keeps going.
2: Mm-hmm. No, because she she became a she became a agent.
0: Sure, but. The variant copy of her became an agent that went off on that other timeline. Once they reset it, like she goes off here, but they reset back to here. So this original one keeps moving in the same way that like once they reset the timeline, Loki never grabbed the Tesseract in Avengers. He went to Asgard jail. But this other copy of Loki went off to the TVA. Mm -hmm. This is why this fucking franchise is going to get confusing as hell for the general public at this point. And why I'm worried about this sort of stuff. We're nerds and we're picking it apart and Speak we're still coming up with different ways of figuring it out. You know,
2: I, I, I kind of mean it more in relation to the like the version of her that then goes off searching with the information she's been provided.
1: Sure. Yeah, she's going to go rogue. Oh, no. But,
0: but there's still now. the version in the school that's going to live her life out. In they, the no, but,
2: but that's what I'm saying is is then if if she if she's a version of the one from the school from 2018. Sure. Then, what is Kang's attachment to her? Like, why that version of her? Why not a version closer to the, the variant that he knows? Mm. How would he know a well, person from 2018? Like, 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 like you said, like, she, the, the one that we see in the school continues on as intended. The one that gets reset actually becomes an agent of the TVA. Except the thing is, we kind of, she knows, she knew that they're all variants anyway. So we don't know how she found that stuff out, but. Did Kang have an affection for the 2018 version or for the version that goes on to become a judge and then why? Maybe
1: it's like you see, it's it's like cereal. You have your first bowl of cereal, you love it. And then your second bowl of cereal straight away. And it's not as good. It's fine. You kind of still like it. You'll finish it, but it's not great. Maybe he loved one of her variants first. She died and this is the second bowl of cereal. It's not as good. It's fine. But like he'll he'll see he'll see it through. You know,
2: I love the second bowl of cereal. You speak as a man who hasn't hasn't taken part in the Coco Pops challenge. What's the Cocoa Pops challenge? What's the Cocoa Pops challenge? I've told you about the Cocoa Pops challenge. Invented by I a mean, good friend, Peter Fitton. Shout uh, out to Peter Fitton. He doesn't listen. Cocoa Pops Challenge. No,
1: he has a life. Pete isn't Why
2: listening to this fucking
1: goal. Why would he listen? He has a life. He's not anything like us. He's got a mortgage and two kids. Yeah. I'm mad. Yeah, he has is, he is, like, real responsibilities, jobs, <laughs> real jobs. Cocoa Pops Challenge. Go on. Five bowls of Coco Pops. In one sitting. What's, what
0: size of bowl are we talking yeah, about? Because like I have a big a full, bowl. Full bowl. Proper bowl. Well, what's a, we'll put it, I have a large, like, like, the like. so like the box not a portion fucking is like salad 125 bowl grams. Done.
1: Yeah, breakfast, but I'd eat a breakfast. salad
0: bowl, so that's five. Is that, okay. No,
1: no, no you wouldn't want to eat no. them. You wouldn't H- want to H- have five gram? bowls in one bowl because it would just go soft. At least, so at least
2: 150 to 200 grams at least per bowl,
0: at right. least I would, minimum. Okay. So mm. I would reckon the bowl of cereal I have in the morning is about 250 to 300 grams.
2: Yeah, that, that's, a, that's regulation size. And then to have five bowls in a row. Why? Can you do it? That's the challenge to see if you can do it. I like cocoa. It's well, it, it, this is kind of like the Barclay Marathons. It is that you know you've only actually begun it when you've had the five, and then it's to try beat the five. Can you do it? Oh no! Try it. What do you mean, have a sixth? Well, no. Or just it, keep the, it down. The, the, it, like I said, it's like the Barclay Marathon, where it, like you haven't even begun competing unless you've done three laps. So you haven't even you haven't even really done the challenge if you haven't had five bowls. So most people don't even get to the five. But then if you do get to the five. Can you have a sixth?
1: If if anybody is listening, they 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 do it. If anybody's
2: listening, your challenge, your your mission this morning, or whenever you're listening, is to go buy a one kilo box of Cocoa Pops. Try a five bowls.
0: That's it, isn't it? it it's two two hundred gram five two hundred gram servings. Yep, Can you kilo do
2: box. It? Do it. Cocoa Pop sounds. Um,
1: it's a lot of milk. Yeah, it's a lot of milk i don't drink milk so
2: you can you can have your vegan oat, soy boy cock beta can you consume the cocoa you know pops
0: but leave milk like filter and then add more cocoa pops to that milk or do you need a new yeah
2: uh, uh, we're getting into the
1: reeds here now you know like you you can you can leave a
2: you can leave a bit of milk because what mean?
1: i would do is i think i think no nah, i think you gotta consume the milk yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I, you, I
0: would generally filter out the cocoa pops and then like drink a nice chocolatey milk. Yeah, that's no, okay. You,
1: you can do that. You can do
2: that. So long. But as I have to
0: finish the bowl each time.
2: Yes. Um, I, I, like, like the thing is, it depends on how much milk is left when you've eaten all the cocoa yeah. pops. I guess and then you you've have got to, to, you've got to, you've got to top the up thing. the bowl, obviously, and then you've got to top up the bowl with more milk and <laughs> cocoa pops. Well. I don't think if you put a, f- I don't think if you have if you have a full bowl with milk, I don't think it's possible to finish the bowl without. Mm. having I'm most of the, the model milk model. anyway
1: yeah,
2: yeah. so yeah. there's pete on it coca pops challenge how, yeah i've how, done it well we know we've only done the five we've only ever done the five you haven't
1: got you haven't succeeded to the six i
2: don't think we've done this so sylvie <laughs> kissed loki I mean, what, do we,
0: what do we think of that is that incest or is that <laughs> next
2: like, friday it's not it's, it's not, not incest no
1: no it's not i keep on telling you this it's not they're soulmates technically but I, I i don't like my god like i've, I've
2: watched a lot of Particularly the American stuff talking about this, and they so out by it. It's they weird. are, aren't they? And yet, it is the number one search. Even that it's in the American number one search in American porn. It's it's bizarre. I think I
1: think they're. I think There's they a little protest, protest too much, much thing, yeah. isn't it? Oh yeah, um, yeah, I totally get you. Yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah, no, they're not. I mean, look, if if Loki can be an alligator, and I mean the variants that are around President Loki are also yeah. Loki's. And they look yep. nothing like them. They're not genetically yep. similar at all. It's the temporal aura. Yeah, they they say it in episode one, it's it's the temporal aura thing. That that's the consistent part. They genetically they can be anything else. So no, it's not.
1: Insane. I just yeah, I just want to say, fuck, fuck that noise. People complaining about that shit. It's a fucking TV show basic comic books. None of it's real. It's all fun. They're clearly different people. They're just different people. It's like why yeah. like why do people why would people even be hung up about it? That's them making it weird. That's people who are uncomfortable yeah. breastfeeding. It's just like that's you making it weird. Yeah, and like again, Goobers. Norse historical Loki
0: was into anything and everything going you right. Get like their horse. Loki, mythological Loki, figures.
2: Loki turned into a female horse and, and was impregnated by a stallion and gave birth to Sleipnir, which is an eight-legged horse, yeah. which is Odin's horse. Odin's horse is his is Loki's. Is his grandchild, offspring, is his grandchild. When he was a female horse so
1: yeah which is completely fine
2: <laughs> no I mean it's, it's not
1: why <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean that's bestiality
1: kind no, of no, no 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 because think about it right if a horse had the power to turn into a human and then had sex with somebody and gave birth to a human an eight legged human thing that'd be completely fine
2: that'd be an abomination
0: <laughs> you you oddly enough you wouldn't think that oddly enough I don't know how this has happened that segues us perfectly to this week's episode of Rick and Morty where Rick has impregnated a half-horse, half-human woman. Oh, yeah. And they have a half-Rick, half-horse child. Yeah, and I actually didn't even think um, twice that. Did you watch the episode, Brian? We lost him. Yeah. That's like a perfect segue. I haven't watched it. Oh, okay. I'm
2: not watching. <laughs> uh,
1: you're not watching Rick and Morty? No. Oh,
0: Why? Okay, well let's let's stay then on Loki for a
1: minute then, okay? Oh no, all I'm gonna say, got... all I'm gonna say about the whole horse thing, right, is like kind of, like, if yeah, if a horse, like, we watch movies where like half fish people, like, get married to uh, non half fish people and then live happily ever after.
0: What movie? Myr-
1: Mermaid. Oh. Did she stay human at the end? I haven't I haven't seen that a lot. Something. No, happens. there's all well. All I'm saying is, like, kind of. Eight Virginia's. If Loki's a horse, and
2: you've seen that, right? <laughs>
1: what? what?
2: <laughs> you finish your thought, Kevin. I'll get back to mine.
1: <laughs> all I'm saying is, like, it's like I just don't like, like, is it bestiality? Like, like, what if aware of? Yeah, maybe for aware of had sex with a dog, it would be a bit weird.
2: So, uh, Neil. Siserga? Siserga? I'm not sure how to pronounce his surname. I'm sure you're familiar with Neil Cisarga. He did one of my favorite
1: uh yeah, Maybe it's all creepy actually. Go on.
2: He did Brody Quest. <laughs> hey, Brody Quest. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> i don't know it i've i've shown you both she could hear staring i've shown <laughs> you both brody quest, brody quest. he clearly <laughs> didn't like it. it it's brody or Bro- brony brody quest and the the description on youtube was the best day of adrian brody's life and it's just this little kind of flash animated thing of adrian brody and an alarm goes off and he sits up and it's just Adrian Brody walking through a yeah. load of scenarios. And then there's a little kind of a keytar solo. It's like... And it recently got used by... I don't know. It's a sound on TikTok now with the combination pizza and Taco Bell. That's where that music comes from. But anyway... Yeah. So if you know the music... Yeah. I have no idea what you're that, talking about. That music is from BrodyQuest. Uh, go look up Brody Quest. But he also did the version of uh, <laughs> of uh, Lenny Kravitz's uh, I Want to Get Away. And it's just the same line over and over again. Uh, it's very funny. But he also did a, a kind of a retelling of The Little Mermaid. And it's this really crudely animated thing. And um, Ariel sees the prince on the beach and she's like, oh, my God, how can I not fuck him? He's so hot. And then she goes to Ursula and... She wants uh, she wants legs, and Ursula's like, but no voice. And then when Ursula's casting the spell, she's like, shit. She's like, is it eight legs or two? And she gives Ariel eight legs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and when Eric sees her on the beach, she can't talk, obviously, so she just makes these, like, shrieking noises and <laughs> scuttles towards him. Yeah. Like, eight legs. And then when Eric's talking to his, I don't know who the character is, I haven't seen a little more big in, in a long time, but the Alfred-type character, his yes. butler, basically, He's like, okay. oh, he's like, oh, she's, you know, she's so hot, but she's got eight legs. And the alpha guy's like smoking a pipe because, you know, eight legs, seven vaginas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and uh, yeah, and horrific. then it ends, <laughs> it ends uh,
2: walking along the beach and it, it just goes, uh, Eric's like, uh, Flareon is the only Pokemon that can learn Hyper Beam and yeah. Uh, It's just. It's bananas. Go watch it. It's very funny.
3: Brilliant.
1: Anyways, yeah,
2: showing you Brody Quest.
1: Loki, Loki, um, big deal if he if he kisses his his uh, if he kisses Sylvie because they're completely different people. Yes. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna have to watch this episode again just because so much of it
1: is not Brody Quest, Brian. This episode. Yeah no I've so watched it. So much of it times. is
0: <laughs> Jonathan Majors just chewing scenery. It's great. He's you know what? Brilliant. I
2: didn't even think he was that broad. I saw a lot like he's no. he's big and he's large and he's enjoying
0: it. I only I, on, I only say that to say yeah. like he just got so much room to shine in it. You know? Yeah. I, I thought
1: it was did. excellent. I, I started watching that, yeah. that that um Lovecraft County and I thought it was pretty good. It's been cancelled. Hmm. Cancelled, is it? Yeah. But sure, he's on that.
2: Nah, not he's not because it's bad; it's nominated for like eighteen awards or something. So that's not because it's bad. It, by okay. all accounts, it's very, very good. Um Did you
1: watch it, Brian? But
2: I haven't actually. known but that there, I saw some people saying that the showrunner, um, they wanted them to sign a deal with like a couple of different people, and they signed with Apple in the end. So people were saying, "Oh, HBO cancelled it out of spite." And it's like, no. I mean, they they signed a deal with somebody else, so. Yeah, like if, her, that. if they've got a deal with somebody else. And, and also the fact that Majors is, you know, now Kang. So I think it had more to do yeah. with, you know, the cast moving on to stuff and the showrunner signing a deal with Apple instead of HBO. Um, I'm sure the contract would have prohibited them from working on a HBO show as well at the same time. So they said, hey, you know what? But yeah, people are saying, oh, it's so spiteful and it's so sexist and all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, I think it was just... I, I, I hate the expression that you know it's just business because it's used to justify awful stuff a lot of the time but I think this time it was literally just yeah no contractually just they can't do this so the show's cancelled
0: so I want I want to come back again I guess to um, Judge Renslayer right she's a good actress that is not in doubt she's an interesting character but I she's never found she's a bit one dimensional the whole time but this is it she's She's either, I I don't know where she falls. She's either the head of the TVA that is a complete, like, company person, you know, buys it, is fighting for it, and is 100% invested in it. She either feels betrayed by the fact that the timekeepers aren't real. She might know that Kang's a thing or might not know that Kang's a thing. Like, she's doing 100% in every scene. And believes something. I just don't know what that is. You know, I don't know. Like when Loki does something crafty, you look at him and you go, "Oh, he's up to something." But like when she's, I don't know if she's playing.
2: I I I think she the TVA at a certain point, or I think she knows a lot of it wasn't real in the sense that it was a, you know, a front. But she believes in its purpose overall. I think. But does she, like, there's
0: moments in the lift with Sylvie where, you know, where she says, oh, I don't even remember whatever that, I don't remember what caused your brain. Like, that, that moment, the way she delivered it or it was written or whatever, makes it feel like she has a personal vendetta against her or indeed, like, you know, like there is a, a, like an actual emotional dislike to variants, you know, like. You know, when you think of, like, Michael Shannon in The Shape of Water, he's got this, like, intensity behind, like, you know, he hates disorder and he wants to, you know, he he thinks he's a free Like, is she intently driven in the... Does she feel betrayed? I, I don't know. I have no idea what to think about her character. Yep. And I don't know what the problem in the, in the production is that makes that. Do you, like, do you guys agree with that idea or...?
2: I she's saying
0: things but i don't know
2: yeah i I can see where it's kind of coming from i just i felt it was a product of the fact that they didn't spend that much we don't spend that much time with her so i didn't spend too much time thinking about it then because it was never really the focus because like there's i I, I think i think our character becomes more important once we get to kang but until we get to him we we don't know enough about her. They couldn't really delve into her because the, re- the reason she's there is because of her connection to Kang, really, I think. Right. What, why put her there otherwise other than to do the storyline where they're lovers across time? But maybe, then not what
0: sure. is the... Like, what is the... I don't know what answer I'm looking for. Like, she knows more than she's telling anyone in the TVA. Eh? Is she playing Mobius? Or when they say friends across time forever... Is she sincere in that?
2: I think she I, I think she uh, believes in the purpose overall. So even though she knows there's a lot of deception and subterfuge, she believes in the purpose at the end of the day. It's the end okay. justifying the means. And that that's Is her. she
0: attached to Mobius in any way? She pruned him without a second thought.
2: I think she pruned him because she knew he wouldn't die, potentially. But
0: See, that's where it gets money because it's like she prunes everybody thinking they will die. So she prunes this one thinking he won't die. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it's not really worth dwelling too much on her in an otherwise perfect show. perfect In an otherwise good show that she's going to come back. There's no way she's not going to come back. It's just, I don't know. I don't think they've clearly told us what to think about her yet. Yeah. And I haven't. don't think the vagueness helps. They haven't I think spent that,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like, they haven't, we haven't spent that much time with her. Because they kinda had to keep her on the sidelines because her story is her connection to, to Kang. It's about the two of them. Not that she's mm. there just to serve his story, but like that's that's where her story really begins is.
0: But given that they're given that they're going to and that they have changed so much from the comics, because they are drawing um do you think she's Kang's lover from the 41st century? Or do you think This is a variant that he put in place as head of the TVA and has come to know over thousands of years at the TVA and has an affection for now. It's not the future version of her. And now her story is going to move forward from this. Is her story informed by the backstory that we're going to learn or what happens in her future? I don't know. These
1: are my questions. Wilson said that he'd happily play Loki for the rest of his life, which is a character he could easily kind of play for as long as he wanted. It's not it's not like a Wolverine type of scenario where it is just physically grueling and demanding, you know. Tom Hiddleston could potentially mm. play Loki and, you know, yeah, why not? It'd be cool.
0: I was thinking about that a bit yesterday as well. When You know the concept of the Loki lecture where he got like writers and producers in a room and gave a long talk about how he sees his characters wants needs feelings history i don't know if like that's a that's a thing that apparently happened and there was a whiteboard involved is kind of the joke but i mean i like there's part it's funny to picture how kind of like people are kind of like oh that's amazing he knows and loves his character so well now but when you think back to the guy who played the Lone Ranger in the 60s when he kept wearing the costume and insisted he was the Lone Ranger and people thought he was out of his goddamn mind. Well,
2: he was. You know? Yeah. Yeah, was. those are very different things. They're very different things, <laughs> yes. Uh, Tom I, I and it's because he has I, a I, British I, accent. They're very different. Yeah, but I do
0: think <laughs> yes, it's, the, there's, a, there's a hair's breadth away from madness in, in being that involved in your character, I guess.
1: Have we covered Loki? Yeah, more or less. I was going to say, though, uh, I'd say she, at this stage, because of the the events of the last episode, potentially is disposable.
2: I think she's been too popular, though. I think people have really liked her. When when
1: when has that ever stopped anything? Look at Game of Thrones.
2: Oh, I know. I'm just saying. Um, I think, yeah, it doesn't mean she's not. Yeah, it's just if, if they do, they'll there will be a backlash. I think we'll definitely see her in guess, season two whether well, she lasts into the, the question. The, yeah, into the films and stuff. I don't. They're going. So. They're
0: going to have to make a choice at this point in investing in Loki's especially on screen. Are they investing in Tom Hiddleston or are they investing in Sophie Di And
2: especially as well, Tom's because got his vote the, the kind of the version of her so she's probably closer to the Enchantress than mm. than, than, a, than a Loki but there's a version of her then as well that, that is kind of a similar age to a kid Loki that is when Loki puts enchantress's soul in a person on Earth I think basically and mm-hmm. I could see that happening. I can see her dying at the end of season two. Mm. And, but Loki, because like we said, the that temporal aura thing, Loki will find a way maybe to save that and she'll be reincarnated effectively, essentially, mm-hmm. as somebody on Earth with the powers for that young Avengers film. And that's when we'll see. So when people say, oh, we want Sylvie back, that's how we'll get her back. We won't get that actress back. We'll get a, a younger movie version of her i think that's probably what yeah i think this I has been,
0: this is going to have been a great thing for sofia de martino's career but i don't think we're going to see a hell of a lot more of her i think she in the wider the MCU, MCU. in the wider mcu yeah, yeah. no i think the yeah. tv show and
1: we'll plenty of other stuff and, sure.
0: and, and as, mu- and as much up. as we say that like that's not incest i don't know that marvel want to keep pursuing that line <laughs> the no. love interest for loki no but no. do you not
1: think that like, that even makes it more of a possibility that she could be Taken out of because it's like it's a, it's a, it's a, um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, that's what I'm saying.
0: They don't want to pursue that. I think Loki is now in an altered dimension where Mobius didn't know who he is, and it's going to be like he's going to have his sort of driving motivation in the back of his head to try and get back to Sylvie, but I think he's just going to go on a fucking roller coaster through a bunch of different dimensions in the multiverse of madness, and maybe we see her again
1: as she sacrifices herself or. Do you think um, out of the three <laughs> Out of three series we've watched, WandaVision, Falcon, The Winter Soldier and Loki, which one is gonna have the biggest ramifications on the MCU and which one ties in more? I'd say Loki. You think Loki is the biggest? Uh, Loki. Oh, yeah, Loki is the biggest. Really? Loki's
3: Definitely.
1: Loki's chain like they
0: could do what they're going to do in every other film without Loki, but Loki explains why it's possible. They're going they can go haywire now. They can cast anybody they want. They can make any movie they
2: want. I think the... I think Loki was originally supposed to air before WandaVision. And I think the end scene yep. of the Wanda season, I think that's as a result of the multiverse. Yeah, the fact that the kids still exist. They, they, she, yeah, family. she hears the kids because
0: oh, of the multiverse.
1: Oh, Wow. Wow. Wow.
3: Wow. 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 wow.
1: Also, I'm happy they didn't make Owen Wilson do that. I think that's kind of just like, you know, he's a human being. Leave Owen Wilson alone. He's had a hard life.
2: Has he? Has he had a hard life? Wow. Is he had a hard life? Loki. I can't do it, Loki. I can't put my
3: career on the line. <laughs> it's too much mischief.
1: No, poor Loki. Poor poor Loki. Poor, poor Owen Wilson. Yeah. Ah, yeah anyway. He was great.
3: Yeah. Or, or Wilson, Owen Wilson, you know, just okay. successfully right, let, rolled let, let's into wrap a movie up career. Loki
2: with the ending, Kang, a version of him, is already in control of the TVA. Yeah. yeah, at least that dimension's TVA. Well, that's it. Is is like is? Are there now multiple TVAs, or did mm. Kang take over that TVA and wipe everybody's memories? Yes. Because in the T V kind of supposed to exist outside of the timelines. The multiverses? Yes. So yes. is there multiple TVAs? That seems like it wouldn't make sense. No. Or did Kang take over the T V and wipe everybody's memories? That seems uh, to make more sense.
1: Well I think, yeah, I think whatever uh Entrance just did killing uh He who shall not be named? He who remained. That's what I said. He who remains.
2: Um, I think was one of the, <laughs> the
1: French titles for him Or something That would be with They who remain though wouldn't it? Anyway Anyways anyway, uh, ki- Like Loki knew Killing him Would have a detrimental effect On the world But so, the, the moment she does it And he just goes See you soon See you soon And he
2: winks Brilliant
1: Because he obviously knows That like, like the, 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 There's a bigger bar to me And you're pissing him
3: off
2: but it, it's this weird... Not even pissing him off. It's just that he, he's he's created a, a mechanism that keeps them from occurring. And now that he's gone, all bets are off because it's not that there's a version of him that's pissed off. It's just there's versions of me that are the less loose. benevolent. Yeah.
0: But do, do we end up with a movie series that ultimately builds to a, finding a decent version of a young Kang and then installing him in the... House at the end of time. No. And he no. becomes no? I,
1: Ironheart, no. he's gonna be an Iron Heart where he's Iron Lad. Or Armor Wars. Um are these shows whenever we were showing like the, the, the list of uh Brian sent us a list of T V shows that are coming. T V shows that are coming. Uh and it's like Iron Heart, Armor Wars, so on so forth. There's no
2: date for Iron Heart and Armour
1: Wars. Secret even. Invasion. But are they animated or live action? Live action, yeah. Wow, okay, and I also saw Cree had posted other day um the actor from uh uh, the good place who's in she hulk jamila jamil yeah uh, train doing training stuff yeah she's playing titania yeah she's great anyways she's brilliant but uh it
0: it's i'm so happy for her career and i enjoy her very much on everything i've seen her in but i do think it's mad that like i remember getting up at Half six in the morning and watching like the juice on channel four while having my slice of toast before going. Juice. She was just introducing pop songs. Hmm, was it the juice?
2: I don't know, but I was saying you were having good juice watching, your ah, juice. yeah. Was, I Nuts can't remember if that was the it, name yeah. of
0: it, but there there was just this channel four VJ here's some new music at half six in the morning, seven in the morning show, and it was just her being sarky interviewing pop stars and stuff, and then suddenly she's in oh. She Hulk.
1: I didn't know that. It's a weird. Um, well, she's great. Weir, weird, weird yeah. journey. Yeah, fair play to her. Um, Long and winding road. Yeah, but looks, looks, she looks. All right, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome.
0: She looked good in the in the training video. Did you see that? Yeah, that's I the same. didn't see right. it actually. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. she. I was I was, I was impressed. Like, well, well, you there's, guys there's do martial There's just a nice big crescent kick, you know. And, and I don't know if she's got you know dance training or anything, but like. I was like, Oh cool, she can move. Great. Because I wouldn't have got that from presenting pop music and playing.
2: Crescent kicks uh, are very easy I know that, but
1: they I look can't impressive.
2: do them, so Yeah, you can. I can't do them. You can do Don't them. Don't tell me what I can absolutely do. Can. Don't motivate me you to can. be better. I believe in you. You're a prick. You can do them.
0: It's it's just an
2: impressive thing. Yeah, you? no, I, I haven't seen it. Um I'm sure it looks good. I just uh, wanted to say that because anybody anybody out there that thinks they can't do a crescent kick, you can. So Go do it I didn't mean in a critic critical way I mean go do some credit kicks. It's good for your hips.
0: right well then let's let's move on slightly um we watched Rick and Morty at least Kevin and I did. this episode opens with uh, Morty Incest. finding a it does actually this opens with Morty finding a um, a giant mechanized horse flashlight in his mother's place of work.
1: no, a, a semen extractor for horses. Why did it make it sound weird?
0: Because Morty uh, decides to use it recreationally, mm-hmm. and then for some reason Rick is trying to use a whole bunch of horse semen to do something, and because it's got a whole bunch of Morty semen in it, it releases giant sperms that are attacking everybody across the planet.
1: Sometimes I kind of feel like Rick and Morty tries a little bit hard sometimes. I think like, it's like they're very conscious of their fan base or what fans think they are. And it's like they're doing their best, Rick and Morty, as opposed to just being themselves. But I like the episode. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was I thought some of it was funny for sure. Not probably not my favorite yet, though. Probably my least favorite so far. Your least favorite of this new season? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Also, okay. you can watch it on E4 or uh, all four. Yeah. Yeah, they have it all on all four. Cool. That's good.
0: Why is it on? Why isn't it on Netflix yet?
1: I guess they must have struck because, a deal with Channel Four. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a thing as well where they, like, throughout the episode, they refer to underground cannibal horse people. And I don't know why it got past me, but even the third time they mentioned it, I was surprised when those horse people actually showed up. I was like, of course
1: there's going to fucking be horse people. They mentioned horse people three grab fucking times. People, grab people. I let like that South Park episode. That was, that was very funny in South Park. Basically, South Park were making some commentary on, like, how... Some shows just, just do bottom of the barrel stuff that makes no sense in this shit, I think. I can't remember. And then like they were just like kind of the end result of the show being like it was the crab people all along and then crab people just came out real one dimensional, kinda of going grab people, grab people and that's pretty much what Rick and Morty kind of were Not not the same but similar.
0: It, I don't I don't know if this I think I'm gonna end up watching this episode. I I watched things twice. I'm gonna watch it again twice. Cause... Those are rookie numbers. God, I barely watched them once. Yeah. How many times do you watch things?
2: I've watched episode six of Loki about at least six times, I would say. What? Yeah. God, I, I watched it while working, so yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here with the TV there and I've got to be yeah. doing yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're you're kind
0: of osmosising. Yeah. Um, I, I'll watch it again because I think sometimes I get overwhelmed by the noise in Rick and Morty. There's so much stuff thrown at you. That like by it's like the yes. third time that I catch it, a line it's, it's overwritten
2: sick. sometimes yeah yeah. it's like too convoluted there's a lot of word salad for a joke that doesn't really work you know it, it, it just maybe sounds clever when you say it very quickly but doesn't really land and
1: I like I mean, it don't get it wrong. Yeah. I think we're, but I, don't I do find so it if I you, do then, actually, yeah, if go, you yeah. watch
0: it a few times you then go oh, that, is,
2: that is actually really funny you <laughs> know You just have to find it in the middle of it. Yeah, but it's the difference between something like 30 Rock or Arrested Development where there's just a lot of jokes and you're still laughing at one and you miss one and Rick and Morty where they're like, oh, I really want to say this because it's a, you know, it's kind of a acerbic observation but it's a bit verbose and there's so much going on screen that you don't really, it's not that you're laughing at another thing that you miss it, it's that. You just don't quite catch it. it, Not that you don't catch it, it's just like, you know, bit of brevity sometimes. You know, you don't need to say a lot to say a lot.
0: I don't know how I felt about the giant sperm, like shooting giant sperm, and like I'm, uh, it the resolution is they draw the sperm. sperm. They they draw the sperm out to what they want, which is a giant, like an enlarged human egg that they took from Summer. So now they're trying to stop Morty's sperm from getting to Summer' egg because they realize it's going to be an incest, giant incest baby. I missed and, that. Um, yeah, I didn't. There's a, of a lot one. of incest this week, isn't there? Um, or the, the the sperm all head to the Grand Canyon because basically that's America's vagina. They even just say it in the show. It's like, so what? You expect us to believe just because it is the biggest negative space in, on the continent of you North America cold. that they? Um, I say negative space.
1: I remember. I was going to say, though, I did actually like Beth and Summer's stuff, like Beth saying like, welcome to womanhood, and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was brilliant. I thought like, it's just like, fair play to them. It's so fucking good. It's so true. Like, it's so excellent.
0: There's a moment where she pitches an idea to a conference room full of people and they stare at her blankly and a man says exactly the same thing, and Beth just puts her hand on her shoulder and said,
1: you became a woman today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, It's, it's, it's horrific, but like, I hear that shit from my girlfriend all the time, you know?
0: That's Rick and Morty. I think, like, I think last week's episode... I think this season opened strong. I found last week's episode, the Planetina thing. I, I, I really like Rob Schraub. I love Alison Brie. Oh, I like the Planetina episode. It's somehow after the previous two, and it's it's the we're in the middle ground complaint. Sometimes Rick and Morty feels overwritten. That one was so straightforward, it felt light for a Rick and Morty episode. And then this week's one was just so much that I'm like, I... And, the concept of just giant sperm trying to hit you in the head and then horse people, I was just like, this is, I think I was overwhelmed.
2: Nah, the, the again. Was better. They've been, you know, contracted for another seven seasons, so they're at a point where
1: they're like, let's just go fucking bonkers. Let's throw whatever some of it will stick, some of it won't, and that's it.
2: There's probably
0: a thing as well of like, you can be contracted for seven <laughs> seasons and they can still get to like season five and go, Do you know what, that's enough of that. You know they'll just pay it. like we've made our money.
1: Let's just this has run its course, you know. So let them go batch it. I guess
3: mm-hmm.
1: when because I was on like you know Funko Pops. God, do I? I don't really care for Funko Pops. Um, I was on Funko Pops Europe's page and like the amount of f- uh, franchises and when is that going to be done? Products is that the question? No, well, I was going to say, uh, it's a it's a, it's a I don't know what I'm thinking, but anyways, it's like, it's, uh, I just don't get how they can produce so much shite, but uh, I did see from, the, they posted on the 2nd of July, I think it was, uh, No Way Home stuff, you know, uh, the black Spider-Man suit. Oh, when are we getting that trailer? And all that kind of stuff, like, yeah, and then we saw the Hot Toy, Ben sent us the Hot Toy uh, link, or sent it to me, I thought you guys, but um, I was just going to say, uh, when, when are we going to see a Spider-Man trailer? Surely it's going to happen sooner than later, right? Yeah, I'd imagine very soon.
0: We're yeah. what five months out from it at this point. Yeah,
1: when's when's um
0: yeah. yeah. So I said that soon. Well, do you feel like September, November, December? Do you feel like that was these are our features?
1: Do you see that like that was kind of spoilers, spoilers ish seeing that toy? <laughs> nah, I'm nah. The show nah. in the trailer, right? I mean, fucking Spider-Man
0: suits galore in every fucking Spider-Man video game. A suit doesn't necessarily tell you what they're going to do with it. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, true. If he's teaming Um, up with
2: Doctor Strange, he's going to have magic powers. So it was kind of... He teams up with Iron Man, he gets an iron suit. Teams up with Strange, he gets a magic suit. I guess
0: the next thing I have on my list then, I don't... I reckon neither of you watched it, is Gunpowder Milkshake.
2: Nah, bro. No. Not for you? No, I just thought it was going to be on Netflix and then it wasn't on Netflix.
0: Karen Gillan, Lena Headey, Carla Gugino, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, um... Michael Smiley popped up. I was so happy to see Michael Smiley, um, who people might know as Tires from Spaced.
3: Oh wow. Or no I guess way. he's
0: he's in Luther as well. Anything else? Like he's been around a long time. Um I was happy to see him. There's a big cast in this film, it's clearly doing John Wicky stuff. It's nicely shot, you know, there's there's a nice aesthetic to the thing. Um I mean I don't know if you have any intentions to watch it. Maybe no, I will. I'll check on it on Netflix.
2: Out. I've heard mixed things, though.
0: Yeah, I, I was, I was kind. Of, I don't know. I want to love it. Like I have liked Karen Gillan since Doctor Who. Lena Headey is amazing in like she's in Dread and Game of Thrones and Three Hundred. And it's like it's nice to see her getting like a real action-y turn. And to be and fair, And Sarah
2: Connor Chronicles. I never watched that first season. I think I've seen more than one season but I only really remember the first one and it's good. It's Quite good. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think Lena's action in this, whether it's a case of, I don't know if I'll say this and cut this, but like Lena's a bit older. Did they give more of her work to stunt crew? Because the stuff she did looks like it hit harder. And I bought her stuff a lot more. Karen put up so much training stuff of her Karen put up so much training stuff for which I like I know it was her in a lot of these things but it like once when she puts up a board to block a kick that's coming she's putting it before the guy even throws the kick it doesn't really feel like it took a hit she goes to throw a punch the range of motion on it's so short that it's like well that didn't do any damage like it just if you know what you're looking for and I don't claim to be an expert but if you know what you're looking for it just didn't read as impactful or, or I've, I've heard people say the same thing um and it just, yeah, it just read more dancey. Um, Michelle Yeoh, I heard somebody say exactly d- Destroyed that. things like she's, and she's a dancer.
2: <laughs> I mean, she 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 was. I think her background wasn't dancing, but she's done plenty of runs. So much for arts. a long yeah. time, yeah, yeah. But her, I think it was ballet was her initial background, which isn't surprising. Ballet yeah, dancers and, and, are and strong
0: w- as fuck. And when she throws, like she's just got so much vintage in martial arts films at this point, like when she whipping a chain around a guy's neck and pulling his pulling him backwards like this fuck cool. Carla Gugino's wasted the there's some stupid decisions. This guy Ed Birch is playing the lead Russian thug and like I don't blame him, but you know, the concept of character for him is just slightly leaning over and hanging a matchstick out of his mouth and having hair hanging over his eyeball and it's like that it doesn't work. He's not intimidating. Um not saying that he isn't a He's big no, guy. He's Crispin Glover. Yeah, it's not selling. I enjoyed this film. I did enjoy this film. I'm just a picky git, you know, and like I want to see... Well, sometimes sometimes to see a being picky is, you know, just liking it
2: and knowing it can be better as well, you know.
0: So there's a moment in this film where the three... Angela Bassett, Michelle Yeoh and Carla Gugino are the librarians and they have, you know, the armory and they have this, you know, they are the, they're the equivalent of the continental in the John Wick universe. And there's a moment where they're going to fend off these attackers and Carla Gugino is being left to mind the child because they're kind of doing a like, there's a hard boiled where the guy looks after a baby as well. Like the hitman looks after the kid. Um, and Michelle Yeoh, there's a real sort of slow mo, silent, close, soft focus thing where you see a close up of Michelle Yeoh and Carl Gugino's lips say something, and then it pulls back from Gugino as she smiles, and it's like, I mean, I guess we're, uh, the implication is they're a couple, but they don't say it in as many words, and it's not evidenced by any behavior elsewhere in the movie, and it just feels like they want to set up the weight for, you know, their relationship and any repercussions that might happen between their relationship. I don't know. It didn't quite work for me to sell. I know what they're trying to do um, is to make us care more about these characters and their motivations. But, you know, let, let me see their relationship earlier. You know, they've played so stoic and businesslike that, like, you didn't let me see any of just the, the just natural chemistry or intimacy of a couple to that point. It felt really artificial to try and make me care. And then Paul Paul Giamatti's doing Paul Giamatti stuff. Like I think back at that movie he's in with Frankie Muniz, where he's the agent or big something, big and fat liar or blue. Or... big fat liar. Yeah, yeah. Like, I never
2: saw it, but yeah, it's just weird to think how far he's come. <laughs>
0: he he just Jim he just Giamatties through movies. You know, when I think about that role, I think there was a period there where he kind of had a Rob Schneider,
2: yes, parallel.
0: Yeah. He was sitting in that sort of Rob Schneider bracket, but somehow he just went a little. Well, he went sideways. He went sideways. Hey. Um, so that's my rant on Gunpowder Milkshake. Great aesthetic. I sent you a picture of, like, a nice split diopter shot. Yep. They're doing some Spaghetti Western stuff in there as well. Um, like, I think they're having fun, but I think they're throwing a lot of ideas at a wall at the same time, and they're not all hitting. Um, I've seen really bad reviews of this thing, and I think that's wrong. I just think me and you being picky assholes, we can do that. But I have no doubt that everybody had a lot of fun on this set. hmm and had a lot of fun writing it and they made a fun thing.
2: You know, I'm going to check it out.
0: Did you see anything about the Steam Deck?
2: No, I had just heard of it and yeah.
0: So this is me bringing it a little bit to gaming. Valve announced a handheld Steam OS. Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch. They, They are calling it a gaming PC that is handheld is basically the concept. You can hook it up to HDMI and a keyboard and mouse and play on your desktop. Or you can take the thing away. It's a PC gaming Nintendo Switch. It looks cool. It's a bit big Mm -hmm. to my mind. Like, it's a bit chunky. um, And I think you're going to end up, you know, the type of person that's carrying that around with them on a daily basis. Like, I don't know. It's like when you look back at, like, you know, like 80s mobile phones. It's like, well, you're going to need the battery pack. Why it's so portable. I'm curious how it's going to run things, you know, how, how powerful is a handheld like, they've shown us playing they show it playing Portal and they show it playing some isometric stuff and like, showing Portal as a first person shooter isn't a fair uh, isn't a fair um, measure in in many ways like I'm, I, I know people that like, use it as a benchmark to see just how high their graphics card can get a frame rate up to, just because it is um there's not a huge amount of demand yeah. on it. It's not intensive. So showing me Portal and showing me some uh, isometric gaming stuff, it's not making me think it's all that powerful, you know. Um, most of my gaming for the last year and a half has been Call of Duty Warzone. I can hear my computer chugging. Uh, part of part of that's the... I can hear mine chugging now at the moment, else. actually. It's really annoying. But that, that doesn't happens. mean that this thing isn't really powerful. The... The price points, there's a 300, uh, a 500-ish and a 700-ish euro price point. And what you're paying for there, it's it's the same handheld in every iteration, but you're going either for a 64 gig, 256, or a 512 gig hard drive on the thing. I'm curious to see if you're going to have, and there is an SD for um, expanding memory a bit, but like the install on Warzone is like, 200 gigs? Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to be able to keep a lot of games on this thing. I don't know, like, again, I don't do enough gaming to go, what is the average file size of a bunch of games? Like, if I had...
2: If I had... I think it seems better suited for, like, those kind of smaller type of gaming experiences anyway, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: A lot of what you do find on the Steam store is, like, these little independent um, things, so it might be perfect for that sort of stuff. Um, The thing i have been looking at recently is the Am- Ambernick product range i don't know if you've looked at any of those but these are um purpose built you get them through like alibaba or there are some is it alibaba or or there are some like resellers you'll get them on amazon Ambernick make a range of rom playing handhelds and i remember trying to play roms on my pc a decade ago and trying to play Mario with a mouse and a keyboard type of thing and, like, you know, go and get a controller or whatever. But, like, it was just kind of a clunky thing. Like, I loved the idea of being able to, like, load in any uh, a massive library of old games, 8-bit, 16-bit, 32, um, and, and just have it with me. And, well, just to have it on my computer. But it wasn't there before. In the last year and a half, these handhelds, you, they're worth taking a look at because for 80 quid... And that's the high end. You're getting a a quality build, switch format, handheld that comes preloaded with a whack of ROMs. You can get into the nitty gritty of playing with settings and and sideloading new operating systems and stuff around it. But you know, I'm I'm a hair's breadth away from one of these things, and they get they're getting great reviews, and they just I think I really like the idea of. Portable um, vintage gaming or, or retro gaming on such a like purpose built. It's like it's like a Kindle for yeah, you know, a library of old games. I'm not like slightly smaller than a Nintendo Switch. So get onto YouTube if anybody's interested in retro gaming. Look up the Ambernic A N B E R N I C I think the Ambernic RG three fifty one P or three fifty one M. The P is a plastic build. The M is a milled aluminium build. That is lovely looking but it's like an extra 50 quid so you're paying 150 ish for the the thing um according to the reviews they come with a 64 gig sd card preloaded with 1000 games or whatever that's not a bad shout to just have something in your back pocket that's the gaming portion anything to (laughs) anything to add game wise no well then the last thing i'm going to touch on is um i've started watching season five of the expanse have you ever watched The Expanse?
2: I tried to get into it and I couldn't. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, that's, a, that's a dead topic to begin with. <laughs> yeah. This is why we need I more couldn't people. I get into it. Yeah. I can watch it for next time.
0: I think it would be worth watching some of the first season if you've never watched it.
2: I've watched it. Yeah. I've watched the first season, but I couldn't get into it. I think I've watched more than one season. but
0: yeah. Well, look, it isn't for everybody. And when season five went live on Amazon Prime, I've watched four seasons of it and I still didn't go running to it. But when I put it on, I'm just, I love the world they've built. I do, like, I like the characters and I love the world they built. There's a, there's a moment in this, in the episode I was just watching before we started recording, where a character has, is deeply concerned about where her husband is. Because there's been an event that, like, he could be dead and he can't, she can't find him. And she gets asked to take part in a team that basically puts her back into a sort of position of power and she's kind of shook and crying on the other end of it but the way the scene plays out i don't know if she isn't more emotionally invested in being asked to join this team than she was for the the moments at the beginning of the scene where she was looking for her husband it's a the i don't know if i'm over giving too much credit to them but i i find that there are often these scenes with the characters in this show where their motivations are so layered that I don't know... Like, are you just like a... Like, you deeply, deeply love your husband, but you are much happier now that you've been... Like, it's almost become sidelined by the fact that you've got your job back, you know? And that's such a weird take on a character, you know? There's... there's, I don't know if you remember the engineer guy who's kind of the grunt in season one, Amos. It was a long time um, ago. <laughs> yeah. He... His character as well, they just slowly giving us more and more information about who he is and where he's come from but like he's very comfortable and very handy being a mechanism of violence you know he is the muscle when he needs to be but he's clearly intelligent and you know he's there's there's a a history of molestation and organized crime in his past but it's all just sort of hinted at and slowly coming out the further we get into it there's I don't know if they're very, very expertly written and they've got huge backstories for all these things or if they're just carefully choosing what to hint at to make a character seem broader or of more depth. Either way, my takeaway is I really like this show. I like the, the concept of the Earth versus Mars versus belt-based colonies, asteroid belt colonies. The effects that the... Um, like Earth versus Mars is essentially England versus the United States. It's it's you know the sovereignty of a of a detached colony. Why are we still reporting to you? We've got our own problems off over here. You're over there. Why am I busting my hole to send you back resources? You're fine. You know you're taking advantage. Um, the the belt the the concept of living your lives out on like micro planets or micro moon sized asteroids the effects that the gravity and the environment has on human physiology making you almost a different species like you can't go to mars you can't go to earth because the gravity just debilitates you the the fact that space and living out there is presented incrementally showing you the adaptations they have to make over time like i I talked about it, like the wire a bit where you know, it's it's a real slow burn learning all of these little dependencies, but once you have all of this onboarded into you watching it, you know, this it just feels like there's so much depth to the thing. I recommend the show. I can understand why people don't want to invest in that much sci-fi. Like there's there's weird alien shit, but then at the same time, that's not important. You know? Like they put it down for four episodes and talk about whatever the hell's going on between Earth and Mars, you know?
2: thoughts it's ridiculously hot I am boiling (laughs) I'm in a leather chair with no ventilation I'm wearing no pants and I'm melting